let me just pray quickly. Uh, Lord, I pray that as we look back into your word now, that you would speak uh, through me, that we would be blessed as a people, that we would uh, learn to love and adore you more. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, great, so, morning everyone. Uh, my name's Alex, for those of you who don't know me, I'm a member here and have been for about five years, and it's, it's a real joy to share with you God's word this morning. I've loved the series in Psalms, and so sadly this is the last one. Uh, but I'm really excited about uh, what I had to share with you this morning, so I hope you are too. Uh, before we look into the psalm, uh, I want to ask everyone here a question, um, including myself. And actually, first, the clicker. Where's the clicker? That's not the question. Um, <laughs> It's under my Bible. I have a clicker. There we go. And that's a question mark because I'm asking a question. Uh, and <laughs> so uh, the question is this, and it's probably a question we get asked every day. It's, how are you? Don't, don't everyone respond to that out loud. It would be crazy. But ask yourself that question. How, how are you? How are you doing? How's your week been? Like genuinely, and answer that yourself right now. Um, and perhaps there's some of us here this morning who the answer to that question is, I'm doing really well. You know, you're loving a summer, or life's really great. That's great. Perhaps there are some here this morning who the answer to that is, is mixed. There's, there's some bits that are good, and others that is bad. And then again, I think perhaps there are some of us here this morning where life, can be diff- life is difficult right now. Uh, for whatever reason, uh, there are struggles. And I want to say right at the start that this psalm we're going to read is, I really feel is going to be really helpful for those in the last group, for those who life is difficult. Because what we're going to read is we're going to read, um, a, so the psalmist, so the person who wrote the psalm, the psalmist is writing from a, a place of difficulty, and we, and we see how he approaches God in that time. So I'm really excited to kind of see what we're going to learn from that together. Great. So let's look at the psalm together. It's Psalm 130. And there it is. Uh, some, this is reading from the ESV version. That's the Psalm 130. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits. More than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption, and he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Amen. Um, I really loved 
uh, studying and learning from Islam. So I'm, I really am excited to share it with you this morning. Um, so as, as I said, straight from, the off, straight from the start, we see where this psalmist is. He says, out of the depths, I cry to you. Now, the depths in this sense is, you know, it's the idea of being low and downcast. And we don't know perhaps why the psalmist is downcast, for certain. Perhaps it's uh, the physical reasons, or like, in terms of like illness, or uh, financial. We, we don't really know, but we know that he is downcast and low. And so then we can learn from the rest of this psalm how we can approach God in those times. Okay, what's the first thing we can learn? Verses 1 and 2. They reveal that we should seek God in times of difficulty. Look at the words described, um, look at the words the psalmist uses. He says, um, I cry to you, O Lord. He asks God to hear him. And what does he say? He asks God to hear his pleas for mercy. These are are really strong words that he uses. He's like, he's really seeking God in these times. I think that's quite clear from verses one and two. And and that's our first lesson is we need to seek God in times of difficulty. And let's be thankful and let's be encouraged that God is a God who who longs for us to seek him all through his scripture He's longing for his people, all his creation, to seek him for his help. Because he's the one who can give it. So let's, when we find ourselves in trouble, let's seek God. And let's be encouraged right now that he is a God who hears us and longs to help us as well. That's our first point. Let's move on through the psalm. Now, uh, verses 3 and 4, I think, reveal a real humility of the psalmist before God. And I think it's something we need to grasp or be reminded of again. Um, And to to show his humility before God, the psalmist asks a question. Um, And I want to explain that question to us and ask it really to us to see what what do we think. Um, So the question is, if you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? Um, Now to explain this question... Iniquities is another word for sin. And sin is another way of describing things that we do wrong. So ways that we disobey God's commandments, ways that we hurt other people. And so this question is, is asking, if, if God were to see all of my wrongs, can I stand before him? That's the question. And, and the answer to this question, um, I'm going to say it's, the answer is no. We, we, we could not stand before God in our own strength. By ourselves, we cannot stand before him. Now, if that's really controversial, I want to just quickly explain why I believe that is the case and why the Bible also would say that is the case. You see, we have us and we, and we have God. On one side, we have us. And I'd say that we, we sin, we do wrong things. Even this week, I know that I have, I've hurt, hurt people, I'm sure. I know that I've done something that's probably, dis- well, definitely uh, been dis- disobedient to God. That's a fact, and that's just this week, let alone my whole life. And that's true for ev- every single person 
alive today and who has ever lived, we've all done some bad things. We know that. And so that's what we have on one side, us, people who have sinned. And on the other side, we have God. Um, and we're kind of saying, we're saying, due to our sin, can we stand before God? And so we need to know who God is as well. And I'm saying that God is a perfect God who is also a perfect judge. He's perfect in all of his ways. His character is flawless. He has never done wrong, never will do. So he's a perfect God, but he is also a perfect judge. He sees everything that we do. He has every thought that we think. Every action we do, he knows and sees. So he's, he's a perfect God and also a perfect judge. So we have a problem that we are a sinful people. We have done wrong. And yet we have a perfect God who's a perfect judge. And that's the problem. And therefore, we, we cannot stand before him in our own strength because of that divide. And this psalmist right here, he, he acknowledges that before God. Um, he, he doesn't actually say <laughs> no. But I think it's, it's implied by saying that he needs forgiveness in the next verse. He acknowledges that he cannot stand before God in his own strength because of his sin. And I think that shows a real humility before God, which we need to have as well before our God. So first we see that in terms of difficulty of a psalmist, he seeks God, and then he moves into humility, humbling himself before his God. Great, let's continue through the psalm. Let's see what else we have. So verses 5 and 6, um, it reveals uh, the psalmist, he's going to wait upon God for an answer. Uh, let me look at the repetition we see in these verses. Uh, waiting is mentioned uh, three times. He says, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And again, my soul waits for the Lord. And I think we need to learn from this, that we need to people be a people who wait upon God. How, how quick are we sometimes to find ourselves in difficulty and pray to God? And if that's not answered straight away, we're, we're done. But we, we're encouraged to continually seek God, continually wait upon him to deliver us and to help us. There's value in waiting on God. So what do we have? Let's recap. We have the psalmist, he seeks God. He humbles himself before God. And he waits on God. And then what, what does this lead to finally in this psalm? I say that this leads to a wonderful and glorious hope in God. It's a wonderful hope. Um, notice what this hope is built on. It's built on, it says, for with the Lord there is steadfast love. That, that's what the psalmist can hope in. It's the steadfast love of the Lord. And that's what we can hope in. Steadfast love it, it, it's a description of a love that doesn't fade, that doesn't change, depending on who, what we do. It's steadfast, it's, it's constant, and it's enough for us. What I hope we have, that when we, when we seek God, if we come before him in humility, when we wait for him, we know that there's a God of steadfast love waiting for us. And we know that he can help us through those times of trouble. That's amazing. Um, and before I finish, I actually just want to quickly 
return to that question I asked, asked you all at the start of how are you doing? Um, I hope that this psalm has been useful for those who find themselves in times of trouble. We have you know, a lesson here of how we can approach God in those times. But what if you find yourself in one of the other groups? If you're doing really well at the moment, why I want to say something that actually our, our greatest problem is, is not those current issues that we're dealing with. It, our greatest problem is not perhaps our illness or financial difficulties. Our, our greatest problem is our sin. And you see, this was highlighted in the question in verse 3. If we go back. If you, if you remember, we, we left it as saying that we cannot stand before God in our own strength. And that's a massive issue, that we cannot stand before our God. And that's our biggest problem. But, and that, that's true for everyone, Christian and non-Christian, everyone today. But what's so amazing about this psalm and what's so amazing about our God is he has, he has solved our greatest problem through his son, Jesus Christ. And this, I think this psalm just points towards it. Look at verse 4. It says, but with you there is forgiveness. And then in verse 7, we read that, again, with God, there is plentiful redemption. Redemption meaning salvation or being saved. We can be saved from our sins. And, then, and again, in verse 8, he says, God will redeem Israel, so his people, which we are now included within. He, he will redeem his people from all his iniquities. So iniquities being the very thing that separated us from God, we are now saved from those things. Those iniquities are removed from us so that we can approach God again. That's the glorious truth that we find within this psalm. And how does, he, how, does, how does this actually happen? How can we be redeemed? How can we be saved from our sins? Well, it is through Jesus Christ. And it's because Jesus is the only one who, in response to that question in verse 3, can say yes. He's the only one who can say, yes, I can stand before God, because he, he didn't sin. He's the only one who didn't. And yet, even though he didn't sin, he chose to die on a cross after living the perfect life. And he died on the cross for our iniquities. He took those upon himself. And then he rose again, proving that he was the son of God and proving that what he said was true. And now he's risen on high, interceding for us. And he, we know we can have confidence that he has taken our sins away if we just put our faith in him. So what an amazing God. He's a God who helps us through our current troubles. He's a God of steadfast love, but he is also a God who has saved us from our greatest problem, our problem of sin. He is truly worthy to be praised. Um, so I think now we're going to respond in a time of communion, which is, I think, really appropriate to remind us, remind us of the sacrifice that was made for us. And I think Dan's going to do that.